Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to Chair Shot Radio. Always use your head. It's time for head trauma Thursdays. We talk in top ten feuds, yeah. It's gonna be feuds, wrestlers, TV channels, every show, every company, and I got to say, what's up with that? What's up with that? I said, what's up with that? Now, when you listen to Head Trauma Thursdays on Chair Shot Radio, you better make sure you like and subscribe. Yeah. <laughs> Good Thursday morning, ladies, gentlemen, and everybody else. Within the sound of my voice, this is your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. I am not DeAndre Cole. DeAndre Cole! (laughs) Although I did play DeAndre Cole cosplay. And, of course, my good brother is Max, a.k.a. Vance, the red suit uh, pop locker. I am Lindsey Buckingham. (laughs) Come on, Lindsey. Come on, man. I got a cookie cake. You want to eat a cookie cake? (laughs) Um, Yeah. For those of you who don't know, if you've never seen What's Up With That, the sketch on Saturday Night Live with Kenan Thompson, you will hate us for making you go and binge this for the rest of the day and the rest of your life. Yes, you certainly will. What's up, man? How's it going today, bro? Yeah, going good. Uh, for context, we're recording this on on uh, 
Christmas, Christmas apparently. Day. <laughs> Christmas Day. Uh, in, in the Kirby household, we support transfer deadline day. That is our Christmas day. So, yeah, uh, about about four hours now till the the transfer window uh, closes shut for the for the the uh, until January. So yeah, it's a, an exciting day here in here in the the small town of Burnley in the Black Country. Finally, you acknowledge the truth. <laughs> so what actual what actual clubs play in the Black Country? Since you say you don't live there. Well, I don't live there. The clubs in the black country. Quote unquote. Quote unquote. I don't. The the big clubs in the black country are like Wolves, um, uh, West Brom, Birmingham, um, Forest, Derby. Um, I think Leicester might be in the black country, but they might be just on the border. But there's some big clubs in there. Oh, you know what? This reminds me because I've talked to this. I've talked about this with with Rick and Clive. And I've talked about this with my good friend Rob. Shout out to Rob Daniels, my my boy. But I think we should make this a thing. We're gonna talk some wrestling here in a second. We're I think talk some wrestling. Uncomfortable tensions. Yeah, it's gonna happen a lot today. I apologize in advance. <laughs> I am in the. I want to get a team. I want to get a club that I support, whether it's Premier League or something over there in England or in in, in Europe, rather. Maybe I come on Radio Techers one day with you and Tanner, and we find it's like the dating game down here, where all this all the clubs will court me to see which one I end <laughs> up like. I end up uh, supporting. I mean, it's a good idea. I think a better idea would be uh, me, Tanner, and Matt all pitching a club to you, and, and then you picking kind of like um, uh, I don't know if you have this show, but bland it. Yes, the dating game with Ray. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm game. And and when I when I pick my club, I will buy, I will buy the kit right there, then oh. and there. I will buy the oh. kit. That's, I mean, that's dedication. But yeah, let's let's do it. I'm sure we can we can set that up. We're in, we're going into uh, an international um, um, uh, schedule now, so there's a couple of weeks before uh, football is back. So we can certainly fit that in. Let's do it. I'm game. I'm super excited about this because I want I want to all, all my friends support clubs and I don't, and I feel so left out. Yeah, so. let's do it. All right, I'm in the I'm in the radio takers chat with you guys, and and I just feel like throw it in. It's me and Ori just sitting there like, yeah, football. <laughs> poor poor Ori, she just gets bombarded with all this sports talk. <laughs> By the way, before we get any further, I live in the Gulf Coast. I live in Houston. Hurricane Ida tore the fuck up out of South South Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Ori lives outside of Baton Rouge, which is a little bit more north, but it's still hitting pretty hard. Yeah. New Orleans is fucked I, again. I think she lost power. I think she's well, she lost power for a little while. Orleans Parish, which is a county here, or is um, what do they call counties up there? Um, Shire. Yeah. It's a Shire up there. Yeah, they're called um, counties. Yes. Yeah. Was well, is it counties in England? Yeah, our counties are kind of like your states. Okay, but I'm talking about the smaller ones, like like Shires. Like I know oh, it's like got they have the Shire. So yes, we call them boroughs. That that's what I'm talking about. 
Um, so that's the, the here the, for the majority of America they're called counties, but in New, in in uh, Louisiana they're called parishes. Mm -hmm. Orleans Parish, which is the the county quote unquote that covers the entirety of New Orleans and a little more outside of it, completely lost power, and they will be without power for at least three, for three weeks maybe, and wow. they did they, they weren't gonna have water for like three four or five days. Now, Ori is northeast of that, so she's she'll get power back. I'm sure in a few days it'll be a little sooner, but when you live down here, you expect this. But if you if you guys have ever looked at a map, New Orleans is a bowl surrounded by water on every side, damn near. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's just logistically meant to have these horrible. And I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it, it's a horrible thing, but that's Houston is like a hundred feet over sea level. So it's like all the, all of this Gulf coast area is just built for hurricanes to destroy us and tear us up. So my yeah. love and my thoughts and prayers and my good vibes go out to everybody down there. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Keep your head up, stay safe. We're, we're incredibly lucky here in, in the UK that we don't get hurricanes anywhere close to the ones that, that, that ravage the, the state. So, yeah, my, my heart and, uh, and, and thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected. Um, I hope you, uh, hope you can recover quickly and get back to, to normality. I mean, after this last 18 months, it's, it's the last thing that, that anybody needed. So hopefully you can, uh, you can recover soon. Are they called hurricanes over there? Because I thought on the eastern side of the world it's called cyclones. Or is that just is that just in the Pacific? Uh, I think I, I mean we don't get them at all. Or if we do, they they are a fraction of the power that that you guys get them. Um, so uh, whatever they're called, cyclones, hurricanes, typhoons, tornadoes. Um, it, they they absolutely devastating when when they have impacts like this. So hopefully, uh, like I said, everyone can recover well uh, and, and get back to 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 normality. Yeah, that's the goal. That's the hope. Uh, like I said, we're you know I don't know how much me and you particularly can do, but we're definitely with you guys in spirit. And uh, mm -hmm. you know. We we're, we'll we'll dedicate this fantastic podcast to all of you guys. How about that? Sounds good. That means that we need to actually do a good one this week and not just bullshit. Mm -hmm. Don't know about that. <laughs> we make no promises. So, for the actual wrestling portion of the show, because you know we could just sit here and sing more. What's up with that all day? <laughs> but Mags and myself. First and foremost, Mags is on 75 shows. I'm on about 43. We're sick of the rhetoric of just what's going on in wrestling right now. Not with what's happening, but with just the conversations. It's just tiring. I mean, there's some cool things happening in wrestling. Don't get me wrong. The return of Punk, uh, Becky Lynch, Brock Lesnar, an amazing SummerSlam, the building uh, to all out. But I'm just getting drained with the the arguments and the the bitching and the the, the battle lines still being drawn over over wrestling. So Ray uh, popped in with a, a cool little idea, um, and yeah, I thought it'll be it'll make a refreshing change than, than reporting on the the bitchiness of wrestling. Uh, and let us just have a little bit of a chat about what we like. So um, Ray, what do you want to explain the the idea that you come with? Sure. Um, I want to shout out to my good friend, 
um, our fellow chair shot member and bandwagon nerds member, uh, the lawyer, Big Dave Ungar. Um, he's working on a, on a particular project that he asked me to help him with. And in doing that, I ended up watching WrestleMania one for the very first time in my life. I'd never seen it from beginning to end. And uh, it's not a it's not a good show. It's not a bad show, but it's definitely not good. But there's there's some fun in there. But in that, me and him got to talking about uh, Bruno, particularly to cut my mind because they let baby Bruno have a match, clearly just to get Bruno in MSG in front of the crowd. Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking, well, man, Bruno and Sabisco was a pretty big feud back in the day, right? And Dave, Dave was an older dude. It's like, yeah. What are your top 10 feuds ever? Do you think it'd be a top 10? And that led to this conversation. And so I brought that to Mags and I said, let's do our top 10 wrestling feuds of all time. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I was intrigued. He, uh, I got very little notice on, on this. So uh, You got a day. You got a day. Apologies if uh, if I missed any amazing feuds. And again, this is incredibly subjective. This is about my um, my thoughts and my time with wrestling. So that'll be it's certainly WWE heavy. Um, well, certainly... do your top five. Do your do your do your ten to five, ten to six. I'll do my 10 to 6, and then we'll come back and we'll both do our top fives. Okay. Uh, did you not want to go about it bandwagon style, where if uh, we mentioned one that's higher up on the other person's list, we we don't talk about it until we reach theirs? Well, we should, but I don't have my top 10 ready yet. Because of... <laughs> you're putting yours in order, that's why. <laughs> I have a list of like 30, <laughs> and I'm going to whittle them down literally on air now. So if I had a concrete top 10, then we could do that. But I don't. So we will. So. Um, well, I'm happy to go for my um, 10 through 6. So at 10, I've got um, uh, Kenny Omega versus Kazuchi Okada. Um, and this gets in not because of the, the promos or the storyline, because there wasn't really a lot of storyline built to this, to be fair. This was just the two best wrestlers in uh, a company that was was red hot, um, they started with uh, one match that broke the the, the Dave Meltzer uh, star rating, and they just kept building and building till we ended up getting four matches, which both guys have said uh, they thought that they came too early, maybe they wanted to spread out a little bit more, but they they've got three of the top four highest rated matches in the world, um, according to Dave Meltzer. So it would be remiss of me to not add at least a little bit of New Japan in, seeing as that's what brought me back into wrestling. Uh, and this feud, for for me, has the very best match that I've ever seen uh, with uh, Omega versus Okada for. Um, pretty much the perfect match. So uh, I couldn't not uh, put that in there. So that's my number 10. Uh, number nine is one that I actually kind of missed out on uh, because I was tagged out of wrestling. But uh, going back uh, and watching uh, uh, wrestling from my point of view, um, I think this one certainly deserves to to be in the mix. Uh, John Cena versus CM Punk. Um, obviously, we all know about um, uh, Money in the Bank uh, uh, 2011, but that whole kind of storyline was it was just so 
so real you didn't know whether it was scripted or whether Punk was leaving with the title with the amazing stuff like the part bomb, which looking back now is so innovative uh, of a of a of a promo to to kind of blur those lines of of reality, and it it was absolutely everything you expected in the ring as well. Uh, really good match, really uh, great chemistry between the two. It's a shame how. Um, Punk and the WWE have kind of parted ways and there's still a lot of bitterness and sourness there, but I'm glad that the guy's back. Again, I'm not, I was never the hugest Punk fan because he, I just wasn't watching wrestling whilst he was uh, at his peak. Uh, I don't particularly uh, vibe with him uh, kind of burying the company um, in his uh, uh, early running AW, but I see the crowd absolutely love him. I brought a bit of energy and a buzz back to to wrestling. Uh, so yeah, I've got to I've got to include that. Uh, then going to number eight, um, one that uh, I'm I'm sure will also be on on Ray's list somewhere. Um, Matt Hardy versus Edge. <laughs> yep, number one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And and the reason why this one's on there is because great pick by the way, great pick by the way. Thank you very much. Uh, the reason why this one's on there is because as I've got older as a wrestling fan, storylines are way more important to me than the actual in ring wrestling. Now these two guys obviously can go in the ring, um, but this story was so rooted in real life. I mean. The, Matt Hardy was actually fired from the company. Edge actually cheated on uh, with uh, with Matt Hardy's girlfriend. This this was a storyline that came out of actual reality. Uh, there was a uh, a real kind of change from being pretty much the best of friends to being mortal enemies. And to use that that uh, story, uh, that kind of fire and that kind of aggression to uh, to create this storyline and then have the matches that they had uh, and the kind of um, the almost unexpected, like, is this real? Has Matt Hardy actually been fired from the company? Has, has, has he broke into the, to, uh, to Raw to attack Edge? That all those kind of blurring of the lines, I thought this was a, a really interesting story, and yeah, so that's that's why it, it, it makes my my eighth position. By the way, the first time Matt Hardy jumped the rail, that was real. That that was not scripted. That was he legitimately jumped the rail. I, I can absolutely believe it because and it's something you do. It's something you're going to do, though. And who's going to stop him? Because I mean, he's worked there for like fifteen years. Who's going to stop mm-hmm. him? Mm-hmm. And it kind of plays into what Vince absolutely loves using real life stories to create a, a wrestling story. I mean, he he's done it with every single kind of issue and problem people have had. I mean, we've seen it recently with Jeff Hardy and his uh, with his uh, substance abuse. We've seen it with Scott Hall and his substance abuse. Vince has no qualms at all bringing real life into a storyline. So um, the fact that that this created something so organic and so heated uh yeah it's got to be in there um next at seven uh, again i'm going to go back with uh with john cena and arguably his best feud uh arguably his longest feud um randy orton uh cena versus orton uh these guys have been essentially going at it since they both entered the company uh both come in uh relatively young both had really quick rises to the top uh and whenever these two get in the ring it's absolute fire there's there's 
certainly professional um, competition there. Um, I'm sure behind the scenes they're, they're absolutely um, uh, are the best of friends, but there's certainly some real kind of a professional rivalry. And then you've got the ultimate good guy in Cena and you've got the, probably the best heel in the business when he's on when he's on form there's nobody can touch randy Orton. so uh these have uh their feud has stretched decades almost and they've been absolutely amazing all the way through i mean you, you're looking at almost 30 titles between these three, between these two guys just absolutely uh outstanding and yeah it's, and, uh, that's, uh, and that's just world titles that's not counting yeah. the secondary ones Exactly, uh, and you could actually see these still bringing up the a few now. I mean, one of Randy's uh, best views of the last eighteen months was with Edge, uh, which is a feud that's gone on for for so so long. So you could actually still see these being able to go and revisiting this feud uh, anytime soon. So yeah, that gets uh, in at seven, um, at six, um, an underrated one, I think, uh, and I think it's overlooked because. Um, the, the wrestlers in it have had other feuds that maybe s- seem more important, but I think on the, on on the on the download, this is a pretty cool feud. Um, Triple H and Undertaker. Obviously, we've had Undertaker. He retired uh, Shawn Michaels until he didn't. Um, but then Undertaker's gone on to have massive feuds with Mankind and with Kane. Uh, so he's had lots of kind of like big feuds. But but if you look at the the history that these two have had, they've been they've been at each other's throats in wrestling since 1996. And when uh, when the WWE were going to Saudi Arabia, the big match that they that they they, they took was Triple H and Shawn Michaels versus the Brothers of Destruction, uh, revisiting that feud. But they've had multiple WrestleMania matches, multiple amazing WrestleMania matches, Hell in a Cells, uh, just. Absolutely, just beat the living piss out of each other, uh, and I've loved watching every single minute of it. So, yeah, that makes my my number six. All good ones. What I appreciate is that you picked ones that I don't think. I love when people pick things in these things like this that nobody would think of, but when you hear them, you're like, "Damn, I should have thought of that." Like Matt Hardy versus Edge is a fantastic choice. And I never would have crossed my mind to think, but when you hear it, you're like, that may be, with respect to certain other things, maybe the most real feud we've ever had on mm-hmm. screen. So, and, yeah. And I think the 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 bottom five were were so kind of hard to to, to put in order. Uh, and obviously, there's a few that, that have missed out. But for me, the top five, absolutely writes itself from from my viewpoint as a wrestling fan the top five absolutely writes itself so there was a big jostling for that uh that six to ten position but when we get into the the top five these are all kind of nailed in in exactly the order that that should be in i think so basically we're gonna have different top fives (laughs) well we'll see i think we'll be similar we'll certainly be similar sure sure well, let me say this. Um, I was able to whittle down my top 10 while you were speaking. <laughs> and I'm very proud of mine. An- by the way, another another great shout. I didn't think to do it, and I didn't want to copy you. But Omega versus Okada is a very good shout. It's a fantastic honorable mention. I wouldn't put them on my list 
because as you said, there is literally no story other than we want to be the champion. I want to be better than you, which is a story in itself. But I mean, to the level of these other ones, it's, it's not even close. But the quality of what they did is probably other than maybe Flair and Steamboat can't be touched. So great five. Let me show let me show my bottom t- my bottom five. I'm gonna start from number ten, and uh, I did make it a point. Now this didn't skew my thought process, but I made it a point when I listed thirty plus feuds to whittle down from to make sure I didn't have I didn't have non recency bias. We've had some great feuds over the past five ten years. I didn't want to ignore them just because it's close. With that being said, my number ten is. The uh, epic that is known as John Gargano versus Thomas Champion, aka Tommy, aka Tommaso Ciampa. Great pick. Great Thank you, sir. Pick. Um, the feud that defined a brand. Some would argue the feud that killed a brand, but eh. <laughs> um, but what makes this so, so great, in my opinion, is number one, the story is amazing. Two massively undersized dudes who were thrown away by their by their companies. Evolve was done with Gargano. Ring of Honor literally let Ciampa walk. Mm-hmm. Weren't friends. They knew each other, weren't friends, got thrown together, became a great tag team, became the best of friends to the point where they lived with each other. You know, the story going all the way from the beginning to from in the Dusty Classic to getting signed to for the Cruiserweight Classic to the match in the Cruiserweight Classic. To DIY, you know, nobody's gonna do it but you. To the some argue the greatest tag team match ever against the revival, to all of that, and then Champa messes his knee up, and then Champa decides it's time to take care of me now. Mm-hmm. Preemptively strikes Gargano, goes away forever, comes back by screwing him out of the time. It's such a it's such. Some of the greatest heel work ever seen in wrestling was done in that year span by Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. I mean, all the times he hit him with the crutch. The greatest heel move I think I've ever seen in my life. Literally, may, maybe Terry Funk pile-driving uh, Ric uh, Flair that one time, which is fantastic. But to take the man's wedding ring off, spit on it, and throw it in the crowd, greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and the emotion as well in, yes. in that feud. Such great storytelling, such cool little nuances. I mean, when um, Champa has got this this ornate skill of of staring through people. Uh, I mean, I know, I know it's not the feud you mentioned, but you go back to when he was uh, feuding with Cole for the title, yeah. and he wouldn't yeah. take his eyes off Golda. Um, it's 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 the the effort and the the passion that they both put in. And, and I think Johnny Gagano is is arguably going to be one of the greatest wrestlers that's has ever entered the, the square circle. Uh, so, yeah, it's a great pick. I really I rate that pick a hell of a lot. Thank you, sir. That when, when they call you the Sicilian psychopath, there's a reason for that. And Gargano, at least until he turned, was probably the best pure babyface we'd seen since Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan. Mm-hmm. Number nine. Talking about going out the box. We're going to take a trip back to 2004, 2005. A little company called TNA. We're going to talk about 
the X Division triple threat feud of Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, and AJ Styles. That is my number nine. Now, I talk all the time ad nauseum about my pure, unadulterated, passionate hatred for Impact. The reason I feel that way is because they burnt, I was the biggest TNA fan in the world. I loved them, didn't miss a show, bought every pay per view, everything, supported them, bought merch. I bought DVDs from them. Who does that? But anyway, so much, a big part of that was the feud between Joe, AJ, and Daniels was so different. Number one, that's the first, that, that feud is the first time the X Division got put in the main event. Number one. Number two, the X Division, which was a glorified cruiserweight division, changed because you got a 250 pound crazy ass Samoan dude beating <laughs> the holy hell out of people. Three, most triple threat feuds, not matches, but feuds oftentimes are a feud between two people and the champion is in that feud just because he's the champion. All three had beef with each other in separate forms or fashions. Still to this day, maybe the greatest triple threat I've ever seen is that Unbreakable between those three. Just blow, and go back and watch it now in 2021. It blows your mind how good they were, but it was so vicious and so brutal and so well thought out and so passionate. I mean, I still, whenever I see Samoa Joe come out with a towel, I still wonder, does it have AJ's and Daniel's blood on it? Because he <laughs> carried it around for three months with their blood on it. You know, so <laughs> shout out to them. And I wanted to give some love to those three who did some work. Christopher Daniels is one of the top 10 most underrated wrestlers in history ever. Yeah. Um, and nobody's ever going to speak of TNA. I wanted to give some love to TNA. So it's a, another great pick. Uh, I, I, I watched TNA very infrequently around that time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it put cruiserweight wrestling back on the map after the collapse of WCW uh, and back into kind of that uh, big, big beefy men territory with, with the, uh, the WWF, it really did put uh, Cruiserweight back on, on the map. And, and the, the kind of the uniqueness of having somebody like more Joe involved in that. Um, yeah. Brilliant pick. Uh, yeah. Very, very interesting that you went with a, a three way as well. Thank you. Thank you. People try to, and rightfully so say that, Ring of Honor in that time period changed wrestling because of the seeds that they were sowing for all the major companies. But you have to give respect to TNA because TNA allowed cruisers or smaller people to be put in the main event. Mm -hmm. And Ring of Honor was not as national as TNA was at that time. So just wanted to give respect to that because, you know, that Props. changed so much. Props, yes. Yes. So we went from some new school. We're going to go as old school as it gets uh, here, number eight. And we're going to go probably the tag team feud that every tag team emulates to tries to emulate. And that is the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. Mm -hmm. Literally every tag team match that is structured is structured because of what Conjury and beautiful Bobby Eaton did to um, Ricky Morton. And uh, Robert Gibson comes in with that hot tag. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. gets the crowd heated, double drop kick, one, two, three. That is the re- it's all because of those two teams. Yes. So, and mind you, they didn't just feud, they feud this is back when you feud in multiple companies, multiple territories. And they feuded for decades. This isn't like, you know, six months here. Or six, no, like they feuded for like the entire like 70s or what 80s or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the importance of it, because literally think of all the great tag team feuds we've had recently. You have the Usos and the New Day. You got the Bucks and the Golden Lovers or the Bucks and Hangman and Kenny. FTR and um, and uh, DIY. So many great feuds of of the recent time, they all emulate those guys. And so I think it's important to note the importance of what they did because when you do something that is continued to is is the is made the standard of the industry and it's emulated by everybody for 30, 40 years after what you did, you were important. So I want to shout out them and gotta give love to Jim Cornette. I know he's a crazy old dude. But he played a major part in that feud. Yeah, and you, it's very rare to see uh, a feud set a blueprint for for how the rest of the wrestling business uh, is going to book matches. But that that feud certainly did that, and I think uh, uh, Ricky Morton uh, especially set a blueprint to how um, a smaller babyface uh, can can sell. I think he's he's uh, he's been so influential on on the wrestling business, not not particular anyone's career, but the whole of the wrestling business. And the dudes are still going now; they're still, still doing going. it now. Mental, mental. It's called the Ricky Morton hot tag for a reason. Correct. Um, my number seven, I believe, is the greatest women's feud in the history of wrestling, and that is the Boss Sasha Banks versus. The role model, but I like to call her Bad Bailey. Now we speak. We spoke about longevity. It is impossible at this point. You spoke about Cena versus Orton. You cannot think of John Cena without thinking without thinking of Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. You can't think of Triple H without thinking of Shawn Michaels. There are certain people, Undertaker and Kane. There are certain people who are destined to be locked together. The 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 Midnight's versus the Rock and Rolls. You can never think of them separately without each other. You can never think of Sasha without thinking of Bailey. And they have played the Triple H, Shawn Michaels, we hate each other, we love each other kind of deal better than Shawn and Hunter did it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Going back to the most, I still say the, the build up from Bailey's build from being basically the female Eugene to. Uh, Take, I'm just saying, go back and watch. Go like go back and watch early Bailey. You you I was I was worried to take over Brooklyn is one of the greatest um admissions of character building and storytelling we've ever seen in wrestling. And so much of that is all of that is on Bailey, but so much of that is also on her foil, Sasha being the mean girl who ended up, who hated her because she was a nobody, but grew to respect her and they become best friends. That feud is fantastic. But then because they're, they're almost, uh, they're almost forged by blood, you know, kind of like, in, like great fighters do. You're a UFC fan. And then move on to the main roster and best friends and best friends and 
best friends and we're going to return cricket together because I'm best friends. And and then Bailey gets a little too big for her britches. No pun intended. And then they go on to have the feud of 2020. It's amazing to have that longevity for that long. It, it, Sasha and Bailey changed the way women women's feuds will ever be booked. And she, show some love to Charlotte and Sasha. I'm mean Charlotte and, and Becky because they're not far off. But we're talking almost what was this 2015? Five six years of a feud of and a story, this, and there's still so long of this to go. Yep. This is exactly like um, Cena and, and Orton. This is going to be revisited time and time again. This is a, a blood feud for for their whole careers. Yep. Yep. Until they team again. And then they hate each other yeah. again. Exactly. Um, and for my number six, you kind of stole some of the thunder from this, but um, it includes Matt Hardy and it includes Edge. We're going to talk about the TLC triple threat feud of the early 2000s with the Dudley boys, the Hardy boys, and the Edge and Christian boys. I d- never understood why they didn't just call them boys. <laughs> so unesthetically pleasing, right? The Dudley boys, the Hardy boys. Oh, yeah, the Edge and Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why they won every single one of these the matches. Well, um, n- not all of them, because uh, shout out to, um, to um, Chain Wrestling. We've got a, an episode in the can where we actually cover TLC four, which is a an outstanding the one match. where the one where Kane did it by himself, where Kane did the whole thing by himself. So yeah, uh, but Edge and Christian won one and two, and did Jericho and, and Voldemort win three? Mm-hmm. Okay, Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, Jericho won number three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no man, you got again. All of these matches, I think, raised the stakes and changed the business in, in some, some way, form, or fashion. All, all, all five of my bottom feuds. And they also had amazing passion in them. See where the hardest came from, being literally signed to be guys who just took bumps, to finally getting some love. Edge and Christian breaking off of the brood, trying to find themselves. The Dudleys coming over, being the biggest tag team in the world, not wrestling for Vince. And having to start from scratch and claw themselves up. Just so, so beautiful, so well done. And we don't talk a lot about timing in wrestling. Certain things work better because it's at the right time. Every every timing doesn't work all the time in every single situation. But here in 2001, the timing of all, and I say 2001, really 2000, because the Triangle Ladder Match was in 2000. SummerSlam was TLC1. TLC2 was in 2001. So 2000, I should say. But the timing of when this happened and all three teams coming together and the Dudleys playing the perfect tweeners, the Hardy Boys being the perfect baby faces, Edge and Christian being the dastardly despicable heels who never lost. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. All of these guys, with respect to Devon, became became um, main event single stars, the world champions. Just changed the way we look at tag team feuds. Changed the way we look at big spots. They these six guys probably have, have with the exception of add McFoley to the list, and you make it seven. 
but every single major car crash in history probably came from these six guys in Mick. Mm-hmm. So, so all respect you. to those 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 three teams. And yeah. and I'm sorry, the Dudleys <laughs> are the best tag team in history. Fight me. Well, Animal and Hawk want to have words. Um, yeah, they can't. They can't, they can't do a headlock. They don't. It's not called the Dudley Boys Pop, is it? It's called the Road Warrior Pop. Well, because that was no, like I'll debate you on that, but it's a great pick. It really is a great pick. Uh, uh, a time when WWE actually give a shit about tag teams as well, where. Uh, they were innovative. I mean, how many tag teams have, have kind of um, tried to um, try to copy this this kind of style and go balls to the wall? I mean, you've seen the the books trait with uh, uh, Escalera de la Muerte matches, um, kind of in the in the similar vein. But yeah, it's a, or the a ladder wars, the ladder wars, Ring of Honor. Yeah, I mean the the way WWE, uh, NXT does war games. Uh, takes a lot of kind of a a lot of the same vein of 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 uh, of, of match structures as as this, but yeah, three great teams, uh, lightning in a bottle. Um, it's an absolutely great pick. I appreciate that, sir. So to to redo my bottom five, I have John Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa, Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles versus Christopher Daniels at number nine, The Midnight Express versus The Rock and Roll Express for number eight. Sasha Banks versus Bad Bailey for number seven, and the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys versus the Canadian Boys, <laughs> number six. We give me your bottom five, sir. Okay, so at ten we've got Omega versus Okada. Uh, at nine I've got uh, John Cena and CM Punk. Uh, eight I've got Matt Hardy and Edge. Seven, uh, another John Cena, this time with Randy Orton. And at six, just outside the top five, uh, The Undertaker and Triple H. All right, we're going to take a break and come back, pay some bills. Mags, I'm normally the one to kind of kind of pay the bills and tell the good people what to do while they take a break. Would you like to do that for me today? Yeah, absolutely. Go over to uh, the Pro Wrestling Tees and find the, the Chair Shots page where there is plenty of amazing uh, quality merchandise for you to get your grubby little mitts on. Uh, hashtag journalism. Jesus did the job. Baron Corbin sucks. Uh, bandwagon nerds. Hopefully a changing attitude t-shirt coming soon. Uh, Greg, if you're listening, make it so. Uh, but yeah, definitely go over and uh, and uh, consider buying a shirt uh, from, from Pro Wrestling Tees that because at the end of the day, we need to pay the bills. We need to keep the lights on here. And uh, we do this to bring you amazing content day in, day out from a multitude of, of really talented uh, uh, content creators. So definitely go on and do that. And we will be back in a second. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? 
Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code ChairShot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. It's time to come back from break. I hope you enjoyed those commercials. But in reality, we only did a silent five count. And I got to say, welcome back. Midweek mainstay, chair shot radio, head trauma. Hope you're having a good Thursday morning. Go whenever you're listening to this. I'm just that that whole kind of uh, uh, what's up with that stuff is never going to be not funny. It's just absolutely hilarious. So we're back with our top five. Or with our top five. <laughs> we had Chopper, Gargano, Joe, and AJ. And then, no. <laughs> All right. So you went first last time. I'll go first this time. How about we do that? Yeah, I think we should go uh, bell to bell now. Uh, so you do your five, I'll do my five until we get to a number one. Sounds good. So you want to do bing, bang, five, five, four, four, three, three? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number five. Y'all going to be mad at me for this. The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin then my number five. Wow. Who are you? Who even are you? Yeah, boy. No. Yeah, boy. I don't know you anymore. You've let me down. Let me, let me explain why. Let me explain why. First and foremost, the four above it are just better than me. But this is important to note. 
Rock Austin falls eerily close to Okada versus Omega. Now I know that now they have real story, but they never really had beef with each other based on the things that they did with each other. It was always Austin versus McMahon or Austin wanting the title back. Rock always was a, a lot of the times a, a conduit of the feud. And to add to that, they did they only really wrestled each other a handful of times. Hmm. I, I don't agree. Well, okay. Go off. All right. I'm look, I hey, the floor is yours, my brother, because the disdain you're giving me right now is your face. <laughs> look on your face. Let's no, um, shut up quickly. It's higher up on my list. I will say that. Um fair enough. But, but it's the subject subjectivity of wrestling. We can't all be right. Some of us have to be wrong. And that's how <laughs> that's how the wrestling world goes. So before I get uh to the point where I'm I'm gonna cut the call, I'm gonna go <laughs> to my number five. <laughs> so for my number five, um uh, I'm actually revisiting uh my number six pick. Uh, with the Undertaker, I kind of mentioned it in in the in the uh, the spiel about Taker and Triple H, but it's Taker and Kane. Um, I've never, never in in all my wrestling uh, fandom seen a storyline as good as the one that that we got with uh with Undertaker and Kane. This, in all best of reality, should never have worked. This should have been a one-and-done kind of storyline. Um, the kind of ridiculousness of, of Undertaker setting fire to his parents' funeral home and killing his brother and, and Paul Bearer, uh, bringing his brother back, and he was never he was never dead, and then it ended up being Paul Bearer's son and all the convolutedness. This was ridiculous. In the cold light of day, it was ridiculous. But it absolutely worked. It was such a well-told storyline. And again, like I said, this should have been a one and done. But this has gone on for, again, decades. Uh, always kind of like the best of enemies, the best of friends, the brothers of destruction, uh, working on uh, working together against each other in the ring. And they just had great chemistry. Uh, um, Glenn Jacobs and, and, and Mark Calloway, Taker and, and, and Kane, were absolutely superb, and to get that longevity, I mean, Taker's had the longevity for since for what 1991 in in WWF, um, but for Kane to be able to carry this character, uh, which should have been a very short thing, and to get a full career out of it was absolutely superb. Um, multiple time champions, uh, both together and apart. Um, some amazing matches. I mean, uh, the WrestleMania 14 match and the Tombstone match, and then the the uh, the uh, the Inferno match. The the debut at Hell in a Cell of Kane, where he rips the door off the off the cage. Just some amazing moments, and yeah. So that's that has to be my top five. Not against it. I don't have it on my list. Oh my! <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean that's that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Y'all, I think it's that time. Is that time? It's, it's been long enough. It's been long enough to where I haven't been fired on air for for a little while. It's about that time. Never, sir. Never. Um, okay, well, let me move my number four. To maybe maybe I can sway you 
with my picks. You mentioned earlier on your list Matt Hardy versus Edge because for no, for a number of reasons, but mainly because it was it was a, a shoot feud turned kayfabe. With respect to that feud, the most known one of those feuds and probably the biggest in in that regard is my number four, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart. There was real life hatred between these two. And it's funny because they actually were really good friends. Turned into real life hatred. We know about Sean's uh, gratuitous drug use and his his um, paranoia. Politicking yeah. and paranoia as champ or even just in general. But once became champ, we know Bret Hart is, I probably would ventured against the most stubborn human being known in history of life. You know, you, you, when he believes him, he believes it. Yeah, as great as a wrestler is, he believes the wrestling business is real. Yes, he believes his own hype. Which, if that's the worst, if that's your biggest transgression, you then you you know, it's not, you're not a bad dude. No. And he's not. But no, those two had the such combustible elements between them. And they also had such great matches. And they pioneered great matches. The Iron Man match was built for those two guys. You know, main event in WrestleMania, the Montreal screw job between the two, which led a real life feud for 20 years, however long it was. Um, they hated each other. And it's important to note because we've mentioned a lot of these feuds that carried companies and that were like the top guys, right? Um, you mentioned, uh, I mentioned Rock and Austin. You mentioned Okada versus uh, Omega, right? In the 90s, it was Sean and Brett. They were the top guys in the, in the company, right? And for this C feud, Certainly up to the screw job. Certainly up to that. Right, but I mean, but Bret Hart was the guy from 91 mm -hmm. to the time he left. Sean, a few years after that, with the, with the little sprinkling of Taker, because he's Taker. But like, so, you know, for this feud to be that passionate and that Bret, Bret Hart audibly said, I'm not going to lose to this guy. Like, they hated each other so much, they refused to lose to each other. You know? So I just think it's such a great feud. And uh, the feud changed, literally, literally changed the business because the only reason Bret wouldn't drop the belt was because it was Sean. If, mm -hmm. if Bret Hart fights um, the Patriot, or if he fights Vader or whoever else at Montreal, at Montreal, at um, Survivor Series 1997, he drops the belt. See you later. This never happens. But because he, he hated Sean so much and didn't respect Sean so much, he refused to lose to Sean in his home country. And Hunter and, every, and Sean and Vince and Earl and whoever else decide, nah, bro, we got to screw up changed the business because they hate each other so much. That's my number four. It's a great pick. Um, Thank you, sir. So you feel better now, right? It's not so crazy. <laughs> it's a little higher on my list. Um, so I'm okay. sure we'll I'm sure we'll touch upon it again pretty soon. But uh, So you surely don't have my number two or my number three then. If you have my, my four and five higher, there's no way you have my two and my three. 
Well, well, I'm sure we'll see. Uh, let's get to number four. Well, well, well let's keep on number four. Uh, and this is one that I said earlier that my top five are pretty much set in stone. This is probably the closer to, to being moved down, uh, but that, that certainly doesn't um, take away how iconic of a feud it is. It's uh, Hogan versus Andre. And this uh, this is a feud that, that essentially built the WWF as we know it today. This uh, made a star out of out of Hulk Hogan. I mean, Andre the Giant was already a star when he came into uh, into the company. Uh, and I remember uh, reading an interview from from Hogan where he said, uh, um, "For the first eight years of his of his career in 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 WWF." Andre the Giant beat him up every single day. Um, said that he was so nervous he'd often be puking on the way to the building. Um, apparently, they they fought sixteen times in uh, in nineteen eighty. Uh, had a, a, an iconic match in um, Shea Stadium, um, but where Hogan came in as a heel um, over the years, that kind of like switched uh, switched places, and and Andre ended up becoming the heel. Hogan ended up becoming. Uh, certainly the biggest uh, face in wrestling up until that point uh, and be- became the the poster boy for wrestling, not just for the WWF, for wrestling in general. Uh, and then we obviously get WrestleMania 3 with the, the, the slam heard, heard around the world. Um, and if it, if it wasn't for moments like that in front of what is claimed to be 93,000 plus people, um, I don't think wrestling would be in the in the spot that it's in now. Um, so, uh, as much as we can detest uh, Terry Belaya, the human being, we can't kind of uh, just um, uh, just not acknowledge his his kind of impact on the business. And without Andre the Giant as a as a, um, uh, a kind of a, a fuse to to build off. I don't think um, uh, the character of Hulk Hogan would be would have been as big as it was. So yeah, I've got to give props to uh, to both Hogan and and, uh, and Andre the Giant. So they take my number four spot. Very good pick. It's not on my list. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Uncomfortable top three. The re- but the reason it's not on my, on my list is because I don't look at that as a feud. I look at it as a match. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, I see what you what you're saying, but I think if you if you didn't have um, Andre and Hogan uh, doing the towns and and facing each other over and over again, I don't think there would have been that massive groundswell that that WWF uh, got going in from the early eighties to the mid eighties, then onto into the uh, the late eighties, and I think they essentially carried the company for seven years uh, and made it the the global phenomenon. The, the other people, they were kind of standing on the shoulder of giants almost. So you, you don't get the Rock and Austin, you don't get Triple H without this being the 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 kind of the starting point, the genesis of WWF. You're right. I don't I'm not I don't, I don't disagree with any of that. But when we're talking feuds, first and foremost, um, the reason it was so big was because Andre and Hulk didn't touch each other on TV. Mm-hmm. Number one, they were friends, and the feud wasn't Andre and Hogan. The feud was Hogan and Heenan, and that hurts it. And it was and it wasn't a feud. It literally was not a feud. It was Andre got uh, uh, Heenan got in Andre's head. 
Heenan's and Andre said, I'm coming for the title, rip this ch chain off. And then like the only next time you see them is like the time they do the, the, at the table. And then it's a match. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's not a few to me. Okay. I mean, that's fair. But when, uh, when we get closer to the top, you could say the same about one of my other picks and I'm sure it's on, on your list as well. So let's, let's get into it. Number three. I don't know. If it's not, I'm revoking your wrestling fan card. Is this bad? Is this Badlands all over again? Are you going to start vetoing <laughs> me? If only, if only. Shout out, Paul Teller. We love you, Paul. My number three, I guarantee you, you didn't think of. I think it's the greatest feud ever. Daniel Bryan versus the Authority. I didn't. I didn't have it on my list at all. Um, great pick. Thank you, sir. Everything that you want in a feud, this feud had. It had real life events. It had fantastic matches. It had a very, very definitive start and a very definitive finish. The good guy got over. And most importantly, the company made the fans think that they're the reason the guy won. And they still think it now. To this day. Mm -hmm. To this day. Um, the, the fact that people thought Daniel Bryan wasn't loved by that company is hilarious to me. But nonetheless, if you go, if you start from the moment at SummerSlam when, when Bryan beat Cena and Orton cashes in until WrestleMania 30, it is a beautiful, what is that, eight months mm -hmm. or so of will they, won't they? Every week, Brian comes out and gets his ass beat. Every week, he gets beat down. And then when he gets the title match, he wins the match, and then they take the title away from him. Or Scott Armstrong works for the company. Or, well, this match wasn't sanctioned, or whatever it was. And then they pivot away from it and put him in the, in the Wyatt family, and the crowd loses their mind, which gives us one of the greatest visuals we've ever seen, which is the slow yes chant in the cage against Bray Wyatt, which apparently Brian doesn't remember because he was heavily concussed. <laughs> but then the but then the uh, when the the Occupy Raw, which I still hate to this day, but I cannot because I you can't do that, and then you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But from us, but it's one of the best segments in the history of Raw from television. And, and a great visual. Fantastic visual, right? And then the best opening match in the history of WrestleMania. Sorry, Breton and and uh Owen. But yes. Hunter and Brian worked. Then the injury angle, and he stretched out. And then they make you forget about everything because they say, oh, yeah, by the way, Brock's going to break the streak. And then Brian comes back out and beats the class of 2002 pillars and Randy Orton and Batista and makes Batista tap out mm -hmm. as, he's made, as he's starring in Guardians of the Galaxy, which comes out like a month later. Yeah, which never happens. 
It is the perfect feud. And I said the authority because it wasn't specific, particularly Triple H. Randy Orton was a big part of that. He, The Shield beat him up multiple times. Kane and Big Show beat him up multiple times. But that story and that feud between him trying to get over them, thinking he's a B-plus player to become the biggest star in the company, to the maybe, I know we can't look at Eddie and Voldemort now at the end of 20 the way we used to. But even when you, even if you look at it with well, the, with the eyes we had at that time in two, in two thousand five, what or two thousand four four whatever it was, WrestleMania thirty is the greatest ending in history of WrestleMania, and one of the top five moments all times in terms of feel good moments ever. Kofi's t- title wins up there. Um, Elizabeth and Macho Man when she saves them from Sherry. Like there's a couple, there's a handful of moments that just make you feel like, oh my God, Brian may be number one. So that entire feud from top to bottom, every single thing you can think about the feud, every component is just so perfect. Brian Russell's authority. I told you I'm not crazy, bro. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's a great pick. Uh, again, it wasn't one that that made my list, uh, but I, I understand why it made yours. Uh, that such great storytelling, and again, it's WWE uh, being able to convince um, the the fans that that they can influence the stories, and and they still believe that to to this day. So it just goes to show how how clever and how underrated Vince McMahon actually is. So my number three, um, we've already touched on it. Uh, Ray put it a little bit lower on his list, but it's uh, Bret Hart and Shaw Mackles. Uh, and again, um, we could wax lyrical about the, this storyline, but uh, Ray certainly touched on a lot of the major points. Um, what I kind of want to um, speak about is just how how close these guys' careers ran. I mean, so many kind of similarities. Both uh, made their way in WWF as part of a tag team. Uh, again, they were they were really good friends. Uh, there was the uh, the infamous uh, cancelled match where uh, the Rockers won the titles from from uh, the Hart Foundation, and then uh, it was uh, essentially the scrapped. The rug uh, broke. Yeah, and. Uh, um, Brett was 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 looking to drop the towels. Uh, he, he was uh, expecting to go on his uh, solo run, and then he was told by Vince, nope, we're going to keep the towels on you. Uh, your solo run's kind of been cancelled. They both uh, separated from their partners, then this is where the, the, their trajectories kind of go uh, in different ways. Brett was the ultimate babyface. Sean was that douchebag heel. Brett uh, believed in kind of like the sanctity of wrestling. Sean Michaels was a, a politician douchebag, uh, but they both God were... Damn. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it, calling a spade a spade, he... he uh, he was very political backstage. He, he, I mean, he's had the infamous click, uh, and people were were kind of uh, pushed in and out of title shots because of Shawn Michaels' uh, actions backstage. But their, their paths would still keep intertwining over the Intercontinental title, and then into the world title uh, picture, um, it's it's interesting how they hated the absolute bones of each other, but in the ring it was magic. Every single time it was magic. First ever ladder match, magic. 
match, uh, match at WrestleMania, magic. The even the the, the Montreal Screwjob up until the the end, an amazing match, really really well told match. So yeah, um, for how interweaved and how uh, this was like a, a professional feud that turned into a personal kind of almost vendetta, and the fact that they made up like 20 years later um yeah i've got to include include uh brett and, and hbk in my list hbk i love the way british people say h it's, i love it so much <laughs> um i was random thought little quick on a quick tangent but i'm gonna bring it back i was going to a quick Twitter. tangent he's gonna bring it back <laughs> and then we'll get back on with the show yeah <laughs> Um, I was I was scroll, scrolling through the Twitterverse um, yesterday, <laughs> and fell upon uh, one of the many promo uh, battles that CM Punk and Triple H had. And again, talk about working the feud. People think that that CM Punk was saying everything he wanted, and like and and they didn't know what he was saying. No, Vincent Hunter knew what he was going to say. They just allowed him to say it. Yeah, and vice versa. But nonetheless makes me think speak and you bring it up with um sean and brett how professional you have to be as a professional wrestler to be able to have a simulated fight with the person you actually literally hate and still do business it's the most amazing thing like the matt hardy edge match that first match they had which is still one of the most uncomfortable matches you'll ever watch like there are hardcore matches there is wrestling Gragnarok matches like we have with Walter versus Iggy Dragunov. But Hardy versus Edge was just uncomfortable because they was out there literally throwing hammers at each other. But still enough to actually have called spots and a finish. Blows my mind. Just wanted to prop them up to say, y'all better than me. I don't know how you do it, but it's amazing that y'all are able to do that. I totally agree. If that was me, I would I would be beating the brakes off him. Yeah, I would I would be shooting on him. I, well, I would... Matt was shooting that edge. If you're honest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> go back and watch. Go back and watch the match. He was he was throwing legit punches. Um, all right. So for number two, I already know that there was some skepticism on my number three. So I know their skepticism was my number two. However. I have two words that will explain to you why my number two is perfectly placed. Are you ready? Hard times. Okay. Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen probably should be the number one feat of all time. Mm -hmm. But we, all, both of us, we acknowledged already. Austin McMahon is number one, not going to be touched. But Dusty Rose and Ric Flair drew so much money and so much heat and so much passion and so much love and adoration or hatred and disdain. People would literally want to rush the ring when the horseman would jump um, Dusty Rose, you know, and things of that nature. When they, they what was it, they broke his leg, quote yeah. unquote. And like, like literally, the the like the uh, cops had to hold back the crowds because they was trying to go and like stab Arn Anderson and shit. Like it's fantastic stuff. Um, 
But it's important to note, we live in a WWE-centric world, right? To the victor goes the spoils. So everything is seen through the eyes of the WWE for the for the most part. Both of you, both you and I are old old enough to remember before that happened, right? We watched mm-hmm. WCW and ECW and other other brands, and you watched even earlier than that. So with respect to Vince and what he's built. Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes kept the entire wrestling business afloat. Because unlike Vince, who my territory is my territory, that's it. Dusty and Flair did it in Florida and in Texas and in Carolina and in Tennessee and in Kentucky, like everywhere, everywhere. And then once Dusty got the love enough to be the booker at NWA, it became the main thing in NWA. So I just want to show some love to Dusty and the Horsemen, Dusty and Flair in particular, because again, just the perfect match, the perfect looking man who can get any woman he wants, drinks out the table, is rich as hell, but will still come back off like completely uh, completely drunk and wrestled the 60 minute Broadway like he's been practicing for that for three months just get off the plane half drunk versus the guy whose hind is a little big his belly's a little big he know he ain't the best looking dude you know it, it comes from nothing son of a plumber and but just garners the love of the people so much it is the perfect mix of the and Dusty wasn't an underdog, so I'm not saying the underdog babyface. This isn't that. This is not Daniel Bryan, but Dusty, if he was seven foot ten, Dusty can't handle Flair and Arn and Tully and Ole or Barry, whichever one at the at given the time, because you know Ole Anderson is a, that's a conversation in his own right. Uh, but he was the underdog when you're Dusty's by himself and you're fighting the best faction ever. Just a beautiful feud that literally helped build the business we watch today. So uh, I think it's worthy of being number two. A great pick. And uh, I'm ashamed that it's not on, on my list. And it absolutely should have been. Um, yeah. And everything you said and more. Uh, words can't do this in this feud justice. Um, you're talking about arguably the greatest wrestler of all time and arguably the the most creative wrestling man of all time but two of the very best on the microphone two of the best promos and this is a time where nothing was scripted these guys just rolled up into the studio and said whatever the foot was on their minds and it just was absolute gold um great so absolutely great pick i i really do rate that pick at 100%. So, in hindsight, was it really that crazy? No, no I mean, like I said, it's subjectivity. Um, we could have easily come up with a top 20 list um, because there's so many great feuds out there. Um, so, it's, it's actually interesting how we've, we've approached this because we've been significantly different in a lot of our picks. Uh, but 
we appreciate each other's picks. Well, some of the picks. I don't all appreciate all of your picks, but we'll get there. Who you got beef with? Uh, all of them. I've got beef with uh, with Austin the Rock being so low down. That's 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 Fair hurt enough. me deeply. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna restore the balance. I'm My a, number. I'm, no, hold on real quick. I'm gonna tell it to you like Kobe said about Phoenix. The, the Lakers and the Suns. The Sun, it's a rivalry to Phoenix, but it's not a rivalry to the Lakers. Because Kobe once said, how is it a rivalry if we always win? Austin always won. But did it? Quite literally, yes. <laughs> Until the man they couldn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> so my number two is Austin versus The Rock. And... Um, I think you kind of did it a little bit of a disservice by saying that Rock was kind of a bit part player, that he was a conduit. Um, because th- you're talking about lightning in a bottle here, two of um, two of the greatest characters in wrestling. Not exactly the, the best in ring, but certainly captured the imagination of a generation of wrestlers, uh, part of the hottest era in, in wrestling when wrestling was legitimately cool when all the cool kids were watching wrestling. You had, um, again, kind of like Brett and Shawn Michaels, two wrestlers who who had similar uh, trajectories as well. Um, ended up feuding over the, the RC title, which uh, for me is still one of the best uh, feuds over that, that workhorse title. Um, the the whole kind of a, is this live or is it Memorex throwing the title in the river, then throwing uh, Austin in the river. That really, that for me built the fact that the, the RC title wasn't just um, for, for the mid card. It was the the workhorse title, the title that you put on the, uh, the, the characters that are carrying your company. And then they transitioned into fighting over the world title. Uh, Got multiple matches where these two were involved in 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 title pictures, and both had lots of runs, relatively short. Um, but one thing that that these had that no one else on this list has ever had, they had three WrestleMania main events. And whether you are a fan of WWE or you hate everything they do, you cannot argue that WrestleMania is the big dance. That is the show. And to have Austin versus The Rock three times, and each time it sold more than the previous one, that shows how huge this is. And the fact that Austin went out to The Rock, losing to The Rock, and never came back and stayed retired just shows how monumental this feud was, how much it meant to him. Some of the biggest moments have come from this feud. McMahon and Austin shaking hands at WrestleMania 17. That's massive. It's kind of shit the bed, but it was massive at the time. Yeah. Uh, so, so for me, it has to be this mainly because I was. This was when I was the most hardcore wrestling fan that I've ever been. Um, but in a in an era where you had six to eight guys who could be at the top of the the card at any one time. This is the feud. Uh, this is the wrestling feud that epitomizes the attitude era for me. So it has to be in there. Um, and there's only one feud that's higher than it, and we've probably both got it. Uh, yeah, we, we do. We, I mean, you, spoiler alert. You you know one thing I think it, I think is really cool to think about. 
is they main evented WrestleMania 15, mm-hmm. WrestleMania 17. Yep. And weren't the last match, but were a main event of WrestleMania 19. Mm-hmm. The only reason they didn't make it main event five was because Austin got hurt for 16, 2000, which was should have been Rock versus Triple H one on one. But you get a McMahon, you get a McMahon, you get a McMahon, you get a McMahon. <laughs> WrestleMania 18, both of them were on the card, but this was the first WrestleMania after the invasion. And you have the WCW guys, and Hogan is back, and you know, the NWO is back, Holland Nash, and Jericho and Triple H have it. I get why they didn't go with it then. But I just think it's I think it's crazy to think that it's feasible. Yeah, that I mean, you literally could have had it all five years. If you had the option to have Hollywood Hogan versus The Rock, as good as Austin and and um, and The Rock three at that time would have been, that was a, a match that you would maybe never get again. So you've got to take that that chance. And uh, Austin kind of was was very sour that his match with uh, with uh, uh, Scott Scott Hall was was kind of like an afterthought, and he he bore he bore a grudge for that for for quite a while. But yeah, that that uh, WrestleMania 18 match, Hogan versus Rock should have gone on last. It's as simple and clear as that. That crowd was spent after that match. It was such an amazing match. But all in all, this is the feud that that had me hook, line, and sinker uh, in terms of wrestling as a fan. You're right, man. Also, one one thing, one interesting thing of note. All three feuds, all three matches, The Rock is different in every incarnation. Mm-hmm. That goes to show you how genius The Rock was as a character. Because with all due respect to Austin, and to Austin's credit, the crowd wouldn't let him change. Because when he changed, the crowd begged for the same old Stone Cold. They booed the shit out of it. They, yes, and not like not like booed like he'll heat booed. Like, we don't want this booed. Correct. Um, Becky, Becky turned the heel levels of booing. Right, one hundred percent. So, yeah. Now, our both of our number ones are Austin versus McMahon, mm-hmm. and this is what hurts in my mind, my depraved mind. These conversations, because while Austin versus The Rock turned out to be its own feud in later years, it is a direct conduit of McMahon versus Austin. Because the first time they ever feud over the IC title, Rock is in the corporation. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to um, when WrestleMania going into WrestleMania 15, when Rock gets the title and Austin loses um, the, the Royal Rumble to Vince and then St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Big Show throws him through the damn cage, Right. Is it is such a conduit of Austin versus McMahon? So, with respect, I think it's it, you can't leave it out the top ten, but for it to be one and two goes to show number one how crazy you are about it. But I I couldn't do it because they're essentially the same feud. It's like it's one and one a because I can't separate them in my in my mind. You know what I mean? Like, and maybe that's a maybe that's a flaw of mine. But like, and again, 
I'm glad you brought up a little more in depth of their feud because it, it was bigger than the main events of WrestleMania. But again, they didn't wrestle that much. You know what I mean? Like, did have they wrestled 10 matches against each other singles? I don't think um, they wrestled 10 matches. Probably not, but they were involved in a hell of a lot of uh multi-bands. Sure, but I mean at the time, that's that was the time of that was what yeah, you did. Yeah. But just think about that. What feud in with respect to Hogan Andre, what feud of the modern of the modern era since like the since 1995 can you think of that lasted longer than a year and the guys didn't wrestle but a handful of times? It doesn't happen often. No, absolutely. So Austin McMahon, do we need to talk about it? I don't think we need to talk about it. That it that is the reason we have a business. The reason we the reason there's a WWE network, the reason that um there's it's able to be an AEW, the reason that it's able to be a new Japan coming in America, the reason it's able to have wrestlers go on Sports Center or Good Morning America or the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon or um Graham Norton or wherever it is, is because of what Austin did with McMahon. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if we need to talk about it. It's it is it just is. So that's the end of the show, folks. We we're gonna say that's how we don't want it. We're just gonna leave it there. No, I think um we we can't give this this feud uh the 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 props that it deserves. Uh this created the wrestling that we know today. This uh with uh the it brought the character of, of Vince McMahon out, it made uh Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, a huge deal. <laughs> It involved wrestling from um, into the mainstream with the likes of uh, Matt Tassin. I mean, Matt Tassin being involved in wrestling at that time was massive. Great point. Massive. I forgot about that. Fantastic point. And then, then you, uh, it led to um, McMahon essentially getting to the ring and becoming uh, be- becoming one of the boys. And obviously, when you see a lot of these uh, authority figures being wrestlers. It's kind of hawker. It doesn't work, but man was a beast. He was a he was a massive specimen. And for someone who at that time was worth a billion dollars, for him to put himself what he what he put through, whether you like him or whether you love him, that level of dedication to get beat the living piss out of by Steve Austin for the sake of your company, that is that is something that you have to respect. Yeah, people. People always and Vince is Vince is a devil. He he admits that himself. He is the devil, and he has a a million flaws. But when he says this, it is the most true thing he'll ever say. There is nothing that he'll ask you to do that he won't do, and the proof mm-hmm. is in the pudding. Yep, yeah, absolutely. So you can go from trying to make Austin corporate. To uh, to causing him to uh, to lose the titles to to McMahon winning the Royal Rumble by eliminating Steve Austin uh, to Shaw Michaels being the commissioner and putting Austin back in the title ma- uh, picture to Austin owning half of the company pouring concrete into McMahon's brand new Corvette to stunning every member of the McMahon family in one single um, episode of Raw. This has been the feud that defined wrestling for five years, and the 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 fact that we're still talking about it 
20 years, 25 years after it's happened, just goes to show that it's going to take something monumental to to beat this feud. So, Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre? Even if they brought back all of 3MB, it wouldn't beat this feud. We're the three-man band! <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so let's, let's, let's end the show on this. And I know this is all hyperbole. Please understand, we acknowledge that this is hyperbole, and we are completely jumping outside the realm of, of, of actual possibilities. But if we had to look at the landscape of professional wrestling in today, today, not last week, not last month, today, and we had to pick one feud that possibly could be the one to usurp Austin versus McMahon, what would it be? Hangman versus Omega. Oh, you got goosebumps on much. Oh, that might be the one. It might be. If that we re- if we if we revisited this in a decade, that may be the one. Because that, that that's such a well told story. That might be the one. I I I tell you one that ain't gonna happen. But if it happened, it, it I think we I think we'd all we could all admit it'd probably be it. If Punk came back to WWE, Punk versus Roman, mm. this Roman. But if I have to use what we have now, what we have today, Hangman versus Omega's one. Um, uh, Drew and Roman. Are the seeds there for that yet? I mean, well, yeah, because of their the the um, Survivor Series match. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I I I think maybe um, Roman versus the Uso brothers is going to be a bigger one. Well, then that's the case. Then just say Roman Rock, right. even though that won't be a prolonged feud. But it's going to be a good one. So, by the way, what about to... Riddle versus Goldberg? That's going to be a popper. If it happens, Riddle versus Orton. I mean, there's potential. I mean, as as bad as WWE's uh, writing is looked at in 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 the wrestling world, there is still the potential of some badass feuds there, some long long feuds. Bro, Hangman versus Omega can be so fucking good. Yes. Oh my god. And it won't happen the way we want it to because Punk and Danielson are there. Yeah, which is a shame. I mean, I mean not, not a shame that they're there. Yeah, not absolutely not a shame that they're. That it's, it's exciting to be a wrestling fan again, but it's a shame that things that we we've, we've been waiting two years for are going to be put on the back burner again. Name me one wrestler you want to see Punk wrestle in AEW, and one wrestler you want to see Brian wrestle in AEW. Oh. I'd like to see Punk and Scorpio Sky go at it. That's out of the box, but that could work. Mm-hmm. I think um, Scorpio is so so underrated. I, I mean, I'm enjoying his stuff with uh, with Ethan Page, but I thought he would be the breakout once uh, SCU kind of like uh, 
stop being a thing. I thought he would be a breakout, and it's it's, it's kind of like dragged out a little bit. Uh, I still think there's time for him to be to get there, but certainly um, uh, um, a match against uh, Punk would would be banging. Uh, for for Brian, I like him against big guys. I think he works so well as as that underdog. Uh, I mean, look at the match he had with Brock. Um, that was absolutely outstanding. So, so what, like Wardlow, Archer? Archer, yeah. Um, I, by Brian, the way, by the Brian way. Brian Cage. Well, well, of course, I'm on Team Hook, by the way, because Hook is my boy. I love Hook. I am a card-carrying member of the Wardlow fan club. Mm-hmm. I love me some Wardlow for the rest. He will, he will be a world champion in that company. He better be. He damn sure better be. But yeah, I think I'd like to see uh, Daniel Bryan against someone like Brian Cage. Yeah, but th- Cage, Cage is Cage is the only guy I know that's six foot three, three hundred pounds, but he's a cruiserweight. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay. Like. Well, but Daniel Bryan works his best when he's being tossed around like a ragdoll. Cage ain't gonna toss him around like Archer will. Archer will toss you around oh. like he's trying to break your neck. Archer will break his neck. That might be the worry. I mean, we <laughs> saw when when uh, when Daniel Bryan came back and we were all wincing every time he took uh, uh, he took a shot. I think just that whole match would be one thirty minute long like panic attack of uh, of Daniel Bryan uh, essentially being being dead. That's a fair point. Very fair point. Very fair point. All good. All good matches. I, I'd like to see Pac and uh, Brian get one more in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be fun for me. And with respect to Scorpio, man, Scorpio just—he's not. He can't talk. At least he's not a compelling talker. I can't say he can't talk. He's not a compelling talker, and he doesn't have a presence about him that is bigger than who he is. Like Orange Cassidy has a presence about him. So because of his presence, he doesn't have to talk because his presence speaks for him. Scorp doesn't have that. All Scorp has is in the rings top five, and which is why I think the guy who's perfect for Punk is his tag team partner, Ethan Page. Because Ethan Page may not be great in the ring, but he has that presence, and the boy can talk himself in and out of an arena. Yeah. So I like I, I, I that pick. Thank you, sir. Um, well, hey, we've been we've we've been uh, in your earballs long enough, as Busy Tony would say. Uh, let's go on home. I know it's Christmas Day, so Mag's got to finish opening up the gifts. Um, so I'll go first. Um, you can find me at It's Ray Cash. That's R E Y as in Mysterio, C A S H as in Dollars. Thank you for getting that correct on Chain Wrestling. Very well done. And um, of course, you can follow. The brand, the company, the click at Chairshot Media. Magzi, go ahead. Tell them what you can tell them where you, where tell them where they can go and what they can do. And we'll see y'all later. Okay, so you can follow me first of all. I'll get that in because uh, Ray was just going to let me go outro without doing it. Um, you can follow me at Podfather Mags. Uh, I'm all over the, here at the chair shop with five rounds and, and with this show. I'm also all over uh, Radio Techers uh, where we're doing some really cool things. Ray, being a, a new member of that team, excited to see what. Uh, <gasps> Well, he comes up with uh for for that show, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But definitely go and uh, go and give us a like, a subscribe here at Chair Shot, uh, because we're doing this stuff for you day in day out to give you the the best in sports, 
Entertainment and Sports Entertainment. Uh, greetings and salutations. Thank you, please. Um, shalom. Uh, all that good stuff. Shout out to, to uh, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> Melon um, Farmer. Chicago. All different ways to mess up names and so on and so forth. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely come in and uh, uh, give the rest of the, the chair shot team uh, uh, love. They absolutely deserve it. And you can always use your head for a love, love, love. That means bye in Big Fish. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.